Hello and welcome to the Friday, August 19th, 2016 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Stockheim, Germany. Brad came across an interesting case that he documented in a diary in which one compromised website was used to spread two different exploit kits. One via the pseudo-darkleach script and a second one via an injected EI test script. Now, it's not uncommon to find that vulnerable websites are compromised multiple times, but in this case, literally the exploit JavaScript was right after each other for these typically competing with each other malware com campaigns. Not really clear uh, whether this was the same individual that uh, set up uh, these uh, two links, but that's probably the most likely explanation in this case, because what we have typically seen in other cases is that in particular pseudo dark leech will prevent any other exploit kit from running on the same page. Either way, you will either end up with the Cryptmic ransomware or with something that Pratt believes was a Wartrack variant. That's essentially just a Trojan that will wait for further instructions down the road. So really just more a persistence mechanism. A possible advantage for the attacker is that they will, of course, get uh, users that are vulnerable to either of the exploits being used here, but that comes at a cost in that it's more likely for the exploits to get detected and the user will not even load the page. And Brad actually shows how his snort install did trigger on these particular exploit kits. And then we have first vendor bulletins trickling in regarding the release of the equation group exploits by Shadow Broker. Uh, yesterday we had a vendor response from Cisco. There are two vulnerabilities that are being exploited by these released exploits. Well, uh, the first one is a CLI remote code execution vulnerability. It was fixed back in 2011, so rather old vulnerability. The second one, the SNMP vulnerability, and I have mentioned that one already, is still current and current versions of Cisco ASA are still vulnerable to this. There is a snort rule available, but not much really you can do beyond that. And well, of course, block SNMP on your perimeter. Hopefully that your firewall isn't exposed as a Cisco device to this exploit. The second uh, vendor response uh, we got in was from Fortinet. Now uh, Fortinet was affected by one of the exploits released there and Fortinet did uh, confirm that its firmware hasn't been vulnerable to this since August 2012. So if you run a firmware August 2012 or later on 40 gate uh, equipment, then you should be safe from this particular exploit. There have, of course, been a number of other exploits being released. The tricky part here really is in gauging the risk from these exploits, how current the vulnerabilities are. Uh, the exploits that uh, have been released, they don't list any CVE numbers and, well, uh, they may never have been assigned one. Like in some of these cases, the vulnerability wasn't explicitly fixed in a particular firmware release. It may have been one of these 
silently fixed vulnerabilities, which of course makes it difficult to match up particular exploits to particular firmware releases. But in general, many of the exploits released do affect only older equipment. So I wouldn't say the sky is falling yet about all of these vulnerabilities, but uh, certainly make sure your perimeter is okay. These exploits particularly target perimeter devices like firewalls, VPN routers and the like. One note about the Fortinet advisory, I will include a link to it on the show notes, but currently the link is not working. The link is correct according to the RSS feed and was working as far as I can tell earlier today. So not sure why it was taken offline. Maybe they're amending it right now, but I'll leave the link in place. Just be aware the link, the location may have changed. And maybe if I get around to it and find the updated link, I'll update it. And Google released an interesting whitelisting app for OS 10 with this particular application. You can monitor your OS 10 systems, whether or not any unapproved applications run on the system. There are a couple of ways how you can whitelist a particular application and add its SHA-256 hash fingerprint to a database. That SQL Lite database can easily be administered. You can also whitelist certain certificates that are used to sign the software or you could whitelist a certain file system path. So essentially you could give users a certain path within which they can install their own software. Very configurable. You can also put it in just a monitor mode where you just get alerts whenever there is a violation of the whitelist, or you can create a lockdown mode that well, as the name implies, will prevent any software from running that's not particular allowed. Now, Google warns to be careful with that, uh, like with any whitelisting application like this, make sure you have a running and working system before you dis deploy these whitelists in particular in lockdown. Pretty interesting and it's free, so it doesn't hurt to play with it. And yes, it is a little bit more fine-grained and customizable than what comes with OS X by default, which is really more targeting consumers, while Santa, as Google calls the software, can be customized to a particular large installation, and all of your systems can then refer to a particular whitelist database. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks again for listening, and talk to you again on Monday.